Hello and welcome to the Lancet Podcast, coming to you from London on February the 6th, 2013. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. On today's podcast, I will be speaking with Professor Tony Morrison. Tony is a professor at the School of Psychological Sciences at the University of Manchester, and he joins me on the line to discuss a paper published today that reports that cognitive therapy might be beneficial for people with schizophrenia not taking antipsychotic drugs. Hello, Tony. It's great to have you on the line. Great to be here. Thanks for asking me. Could I start by asking you to explain the background of the study? Now, previous studies have shown that cognitive therapy has proven to be effective when delivered in combination with antipsychotics, but your study shows that they may not be needed in the first place. Uh, Well, the background to the study is, as you say, there is an evidence base for cognitive therapy, but that's as an adjunct to antipsychotic medication. There is a sizable proportion of people with a diagnosis of schizophrenia who either can't tolerate antipsychotics because of significant side effects or don't derive benefit from them uh, in terms of they're not specifically efficacious for them as an individual. And there's also a proportion of people who don't necessarily recognize that um, they might benefit from treatment and don't necessarily see themselves as having a problem. So for those variety of reasons, sizable proportion of people choose not to take antipsychotics and currently there isn't really any evidence-based alternative. So uh, because there's a reasonable evidence base for CBT for people with psychosis in addition to medication, uh, it seemed like an obvious alternative treatment to investigate in the absence of uh, antipsychotics in people who'd chosen not to take them for one of the above reasons. Thanks. Before we go into the sort of the nuts and bolts of the paper, could you explain how CBT differs from counselling? GPs often offer both. Anecdotally, I've even heard that patients often kind of struggle to distinguish between the two. And I have to admit that I I do as well. Well, I guess there's good reason why people sometimes struggle to distinguish between the two in that there, there is a reasonable amount of overlap. So what would be viewed as the core components of a sort of supportive counselling approach are also uh, required elements in CBT. So, for example, uh, developing a warm and trusting relationship with somebody, being uh, empathic uh, towards their difficulties and being non-judgmental are kind of core conditions of counselling but um, are also required elements within CBT because CBT is also a talking therapy that's based on a collaborative relationship. I guess the difference is that there's more specific elements that are involved within CBT that aren't um, represented within a supportive counselling approach. One of those elements is the fact that uh, CBT is based upon a cognitive behavioural model of somebody's difficulties um, and in relation to psychosis that uh, is predominantly around assuming that It's not the psychotic experiences that people have per se that are problematic, but the way that they're making sense of those experiences, the way that they're responding to them. So if if people have a distressing explanation for hearing voices, such as being the devil or some kind of conspiracy or persecution, then that's bound to be associated with considerable 
stress. And if we can help people to evaluate that way of making sense of it and potentially find a um, you know more accurate and less problematic appraisal, then that should help to both improve their quality of life and reduce associated distress. And in terms of the way that people respond to an experience like hearing voices, often they'll you know, try and press the experience or you know do things to struggle with the voice and potentially avoid doing things that they don't want to do, which can be counterproductive. Could you explain what the study shows and take us through the results? Well, the study was a randomised comparison of cognitive therapy in versus treatment as usual. People uh, we recruited 74 participants to the trial. 37 were randomised to cognitive therapy, 37 to uh, the control condition. We followed people up over the nine-month treatment period um, and then uh, we followed as many as we could up for another nine months, so 18 months in total. All of the participants were people who had some kind of diagnosis of a schizophrenia spectrum disorder chosen not to take antipsychotic drugs. They were randomly assigned to one of the groups and they were assessed using a semi-structured psychiatric interview called the PANS, which stands for Positive and Negative Syndrome Scale. Uh, it's the most commonly used um, sort of primary outcome measure in both psychological therapy treatment trials and treatment trials of antipsychotic drugs. So what we found was that participants allocated to cognitive therapy did significantly better than those allocated to treatment as usual over the 18 months in terms of both the primary outcome, which was psychiatric symptoms, and also in terms of uh, social and personal functioning. I noticed that there was no uh, placebo given in this trial. Now, placebo can be quite large in schizophrenia trials. What were the implications of not using placebo in this instance? Well, you're quite right that uh, placebo effects are quite large in trials of um, treatments with people with schizophrenia and also um, other mental health conditions and general medicine. I guess uh, it's difficult to do a placebo-controlled trial um, in relation to psychological therapies because the sort of standard approach to um, a comparison group other than treatment as usual would be something like supportive counselling or befriending both of which have what might be viewed as active ingredients like the ones we discussed earlier in terms of developing a good, warm, supportive relationship with somebody. So it's a difficult thing to do in comparison with giving somebody a sort of pill placebo in a drug trial. Having said that, there's some good reasons why the effects that we got aren't necessarily going to be overestimated due to a lack of a placebo control. One being that treatment as usual condition uh, as the control group for a good proportion of our participants was actually a um, quite intensive intervention. So the, the treatment as usual uh, tended to fall into one of two groups. The majority of our participants, about 60%, were recruited from what are called early intervention for psychosis services. And they tend to be uh, well-resourced services with low caseloads for the mental health practitioners. Um, and they often have good access to um, psychosocial interventions such as CBT and 
um, family interventions. And we know from documenting what people received that certainly some of our participants in the treatment as usual group did in fact receive some CBT, which is obviously quite a tough comparison for a CBT trial. But there was a, a proportion of the participants who came from more generic community teams where at times the approach of the team to people choosing not to take antipsychotic medication was to discharge the participants and obviously that's not very much treatment as usual at all. So it was a mixed picture but certainly in a, a sizable proportion of our participants the, the control group was actually quite uh, intensive support and intervention. My final question, Tony, what would you say the implications of your results are and what are the next steps? Uh, in terms of implications, I guess one of the main ones is that it looks like a group of people who have traditionally been viewed as difficult to engage by mental health services seem very ready and willing to participate in psychological therapy like CBT which would suggest that maybe their willingness to engage with services is going to be dependent on what services are offering them. And if they're only offered antipsychotic medication, either if they have you know, strong views that suggest they don't want to take it, or they've had bad experience in terms of side effects, or they've tried it before and it's not worked for them. If more of the same is all that's on offer, then um, people understandably might be reluctant to carry on engaging with services whereas if there are potentially effective evidence-based choices that are an alternative then that might facilitate engaging and uh, improving quality of life for people who have not necessarily been well catered for by services in the past. I guess another implication of our trial was that a number of the participants who'd chosen not to take medication chose to initiate medication at some point throughout the trial, which again would suggest that uh, in terms of engaging people in services and offering meaningful choices to people, having the ability to access something like CBT might also, for some people, increase their willingness to consider other options, including antipsychotic medication. So I think the, the main findings would be that it seems like a safe and acceptable treatment to offer people who've chosen not to take antipsychotics. In terms of you know, how effective it is, the next step is definitely to do a more definitive trial. So our trial was relatively small, methodologically quite rigorous, but small trials are prone to overestimating effect sizes. And in terms of generalizability, although ours was across two sites in the UK, you know, a, a trial that involved a larger number of sites and a larger number of participants should give us a much more definitive answer about just how effective uh, CBT for people with psychosis is in the absence of antipsychotic medication. So. Um, another next step that might be indicated, and indeed the commentary from Dr. Howes from the Institute of Psychiatry that accompanied the paper, uh, suggested that a next step uh, would be to do a head-to-head -head comparison of antipsychotics versus uh, cognitive therapy. And we're uh, hoping to start a new trial based in Manchester that would be a direct comparison of uh, cognitive therapy with antipsychotics alone 
and also with a combined treatment that is CBT plus antipsychotic medication um, and that uh, we would uh, follow up people um, over a similar time period up to 18 months in order to investigate the relative merits uh, and also adverse effects associated with those treatments. Professor Tony Morrison, I wish you well with the, uh, the next phase of the project and thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me here at the Lancet podcast. Thank you very much.